0: welcome daily thinkers to the daily thinker podcast with your host gusto on this episode we'll be talking about contradictions in the bible you know people love saying that the bible is full of contradictions it's full of so many different things so we're gonna just talk about that in this show so just sit back relax and enjoy this show welcome back daily thinkers man i'm excited for this episode for real because people love talking about the bible's full of so many contradictions so we're gonna see about these contradictions that people bring up so we're gonna talk about the contradictions in the gospel so matthew mark luke and john my favorite gospel is luke by the way But anyway, Matthew, let me just give you a breakdown what these Gospels are about. Matthew is about the Gospel of the Messiah. Mark is about the Gospel of the Suffering Son of God. And Luke is the Gospel about the Savior of all people. In the Book of John is about the Gospel of the Divine Son who reveals the Father. And so, man, I love these Gospels. Matthew is the most structured. Mark is the most dramatic. So dramatic in Mark. And Luke is the most... Theomatic And John Is the most theological gospel And so I'm ready Let's dive into these Contradictions Supposed contradictions So The first one We're going to be talking about Four contradictions I'm not trying to keep you here All day Because people One thing about contradictions Is when you Answer one contradiction Someone who will bring up Another supposed contradiction Like It never stops They're not there to get answered Really They're just there To bash the Bible That's what I believe But Let's see. The first one is Jesus. Did he come to bring peace or no peace? Which one did your Messiah do? (laughs) So this is funny to me because people can use it. This can be a dangerous way, dangerous game, because people will use it and say, okay, Jesus brought no peace. So I'm not going to have no peace to nobody. Forget everybody, man. That's what Jesus was. Jesus told me forget everybody. He told me, I'm going to go against my mother. So I'm going to go against my mother. For what? And people are going to say peace. And people are like, oh, is this peace? And when somebody's trying to harm me, oh, peace, peace, peace. And they don't try to fight back. And so this can be dangerous if you try to pull it out of context. But let's talk about the no peace passages. Um, The book of Matthew, chapter 10, verse 34 through 36. Don't think that I came to bring peace upon the earth. I did not. I came to bring peace. I came I did not come to bring peace but a sword for I came for I came to set a man against his father a daughter against her mother a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man enemies would be the members of his own household man not to say people are already enemies in their own household even before they know Christ I mean that's how crazy this world and sinful this world is but in Luke 12 chapter um Luke, Luke 12 verse 51 don't suppose I came to grant peace on earth, I tell you, but rather division. For from now, five members in one household will be divided three against two and two against three. And Luke 22 through 36. Uh, Luke 22, uh, I mean, verse 36. And he said to them, but now let him who has a purse take it along with him. Likewise, also a bag and let him who has no sword sell his rope and buy one. So. <laughs> Jesus is. We really want them to have a sword. I mean, and here go the peace passages. Uh, Mark nine verse fifty. Salt is good, but if salt becomes unsalty, with what will you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with one another. John chapter fourteen verse twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Nor let it be fearful In John chapter 16 Verse 33 These things I have spoken to you That in me you may have peace And so We see that um, In the book of Acts as well too I know Acts is not part of the gospels But in the book of Acts um, The word he sent to the sons of Israel Preaching peace through Jesus Christ And so um Yeah. Did Jesus come to bring peace or no peace? Well, we clearly see that Jesus in some instincts, in some ways, no peace can be there, but he did not come to bring like no peace. Like I'm on this earth to bring no peace. No, by no peace in the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke and Um, Luke chapter 22 he's definitely talking about Luke chapter 22 it's not He's saying he's bringing no peace but he's Telling the disciples to protect themselves because He's about to ascend to the father so I'm not Going to be here here with you any longer And persecution is going to happen You might get killed Well you will get killed And people will be attacking you so At this moment it's going to be No peace in Jerusalem or wherever you go It's going to be no peace so make sure That you bring a sword with you Okay, just like Paul said, the Holy Spirit kept on revealing to him that he would have no peace wherever you go, like no peace at all. It wasn't Paul bringing no peace, it was people who had no peace against Paul because he was trusting in Christ. Basically, and we see that in Matthew um, chapter 10 and Luke chapter 12 talking about divisions in the household divisions in the household because you trust in Christ because you are a Christian. Now, you're a believer. And some people say, oh, he goes to the church. Oh, he's too good. Oh, he doesn't smoke no more. Oh, he doesn't party no more. Oh, he thinks he's better than us. And that starts to bring division and hate and so many different things. And this can happen in your own household, man, for real. It's crazy, man. Christ, Christ knows what Christ. He know he know what's gonna happen. Like he knows what's gonna happen. And the next contradiction. So that's clearly not a contradiction, as you can see. You're really reading that passage out of context and trying to put some things together and trying to attack the Bible again. And you failed once again, which is crazy. You failed once again, man. So please don't try that no more. Please don't try. Do not try to come for the Bible no more. Okay? Because you're making a fool of yourself. But anyway, do the gospels disagree on who found the empty tomb? Man, do the Gospels disagree? This is so important to me because the resurrection is one of the is the biggest, not one of it's the biggest part of our faith. The resurrection. So when you come for the resurrection, man, it's I'm gonna have to come for you. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to come. I'm gonna have to show up. But critics, critics of the New Testament, they love to, um, to suggest that this is a contradiction. Um, the narratives regarding Jesus' resurrection. Don't come for the resurrection. Why are you doing this? Um, and this such art in this argument is just foolishness, to be honest. Um, very foolish. because um, the gospels, um, they say the gospels claim that a different set of women came and it just can't be trusted and it just cannot be trusted at all but anyway we can compare these verses and see what's going to happen okay so in the book of john chapter 20 verse 1 on the first day of the week mary magdalene came early to the tomb in matthew 28 verse 1 now after the sabbath as it began to dawn the first day of the week mary magdalene and the other mary came to the grave so okay in mark 16 when the sabbath was over mary magdalene Mary the mother of james and solomon brought spices so they might come to anoint him in luke chapter 23 It does not list any names at this point of the story. It doesn't list any names. Instead, it just mentions the women who came with him out of Galilee. So it doesn't mention any names in the book of Luke at all. But um, you can clearly see that. But that's in the book. um, That's at that moment of the story. And also... But Luke, he clarified this anyway in Luke chapter 24, (laughs) which is the funny part. Luke did clarify this in Luke chapter 24, so I'm happy about that. And so, (laughs) we see that he did that, and I'm saying, yeah, for real, Luke, you got to clarify that. And that just makes me laugh, man. It just makes me laugh, for real. It's funny. But anyway i see that um (laughs) these gospels just list different names they list different names really just different lists but rather rather longer versions it's shorter versions but the same list one gospel may have more names than another but there's never any conflict with any of the names. So some of the critics, they love to argue that John implied that Mary was alone. Mary was by herself when she came to that tomb. That's what John was stating. Mary was by herself. And so was Mary really by herself? As we look in John chapter two, I mean, literally the next verse, the next verse, the next verse after John states that Mary came to the tomb. Supposedly they say she came by herself, but in chapter and verse two, I mean, so she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. And we, and we, and we, and we, as you can see, and we. She's not by herself. Clearly, she's not by herself, man. She's not by herself. It's funny. It's funny. She's not by herself at all. And so um, just from seeing that, we know, that that's a lie, and that's not a contradiction at all. You just don't know what you're talking about. You really, really don't know what you're talking about. And so um, we see this, but all four Gospels – all four Gospels state that Jesus came, that um, the women came to the tomb early in the morning. All four Gospels state that Mary Magdalene was among them. Three of the four Gospels mentioned that other women named Mary was also there. And three out of the four Gospels acknowledged that other women besides the two Marys were also present. And none of the Gospels imply some crazy names. That we have never heard of <laughs> And so That's that You can clearly see there's there is no contradiction at all About the women About the people who came to the resurrection And by the way For those people who say That this, resurrect, this resurrection story was made up It couldn't be made up Because the women appeared to the tomb first I mean If the disciples wanted to make this up If They want to make this up because back then, a woman's testimony was nothing. It was really void. It meant nothing at that time. And so if I was the man, I would have wrote, and I'm making this up, I wrote, I came to the tomb first. Not no Mary. I wouldn't say I was hiding from the fear of the soldiers, the fear of the Jews. No, I would say no. I came. But no, we can clearly say, see that the women came. The women were bold and radical. And they came, man. So that's how we know we can see that this is not no made up story because the man definitely would have wrote that they were in this gospel. If I was a man out making that up, I would have wrote. I'm a man. I'm making that up. I would have wrote. If I made if I was writing this, I made that up. Guarantee it. Guarantee you guys. Anybody if they if, if they were. If it was a man who made the story up, they would have wrote that they did. it. Clearly, it just makes it's just logical and makes sense. I would definitely wrote that I did it. And the next one is was Jesus robe scarlet or purple? This one Jesus was definitely finna get um finna get crucified. And as we can see in the book of Matthew, it says a scarlet robe in the book of Mark and in John it says purple. So in the book of Matthew they said they stripped him and put on a scarlet robe on him, Matthew chapter 27 verse 28. And we can see purple robe They dressed him up in purple and twisted a crown of of thorns and they put it on him. And so, yeah. So, yeah, we see that and we see that one is scarlet, one is purple. And this is not a contradiction at all. I mean, if you're a Lakers fan, you say I bleed purple and gold. You don't say I bleed yellow and gold, but that color to me is clearly yellow. It's yellow. Those are yellow. Shoes that's a yellow and purple cord, but you say gold, so that's the same thing here. Um, so that's how they wrote, and one could say that it was two different colors. For example, I have a hoodie that's black and orange, and someone said, I saw Augustine in a black hoodie, I saw Augusto in a black hoodie, and you say, No, I saw Augusto in the orange, and someone else said, I saw Gusto up in the um orange hoodie, and so they'll both be right because it is because my hoodie is black and orange not the one I have on now though but it is black and orange and the next one is the last one really is all people have mm-hmm. all people sinned or not Christians may like to use this a lot i mean atheists will use it too cuz your bible states that everyone is sinner but clearly in the bible is people that have not sinned no you're wrong <laughs> cuz according to 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 22 and Romans 3, 23, clearly condemns all under sin Everyone is under sin first Peter said, all people have sinned except Jesus Christ. We know that he's God manifesting the flesh. It's impossible for him to sin it's, a, it's to sin it's- po- it's impossible for him to fall short of his own glory. And we see in romans three twenty three it clearly um condemns all under sin, so everyone is under sin man literally so we see that, and as we go. And just read these verses. Um, we know that all people have sinned. And we clear. and people use this and say, the people who have not sinned, like people like Job. Because in the book of Job, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was blameless, upright, fearing God and turning away from evil. And Noah, he was found righteous in God's sight as well. And so that does not mean that they were sinless. That does not. That just means that there were godly people following God in his ways and in his truths and just walking according to his ways and to his will and his grace. I mean, they just following the ways of God. And so that's important to me to notice, to see and to just let you know, man, like, hey, literally the Lord is here. The Lord is moving. The Lord is working. But that does not mean that you are sinless because you are godly. Because you're a godly person. It does not. Um, as you can clearly see, the Bible has no contradictions, especially in the Gospels. I know skeptics and so many other people going to just continue to take the Bible and they're going to say it's a billion contradictions in the Bible. But as you can clearly see, when you look at the text and read it in full context and just compare text to text and just use... <laughs> I mean, logic, there's no contradictions. But I'm going to play this clip from this scientist named James Tor. He was speaking on this well-known historian by the name of Will Durant. You might know him, you might not. But I think after you listen to this clip, you might (laughs) want to get to know him. So let me stop talking and let me play the clip for you guys.
1: What we've heard about is the account from the scripture. Let's look at a historian speaking. You've been hearing a scientist speaking. Let's look at a historian. One of the greatest historians of the 20th century was Will Durant. He wrote The Story of Civilization. In Volume 3, it, cons- it covers Caesar and Christ. So he writes this, this huge series, The Story of Civilization. It, it's a huge like eight-volume series. It's like an encyclopedia, which means that you, know, you can like, download the whole thing in a millisecond now. And you say, well, Will Durant must be a Christian. Well, here's what he says of himself. I'm still an agnostic with pantheistic overtones. But he is an expert historian. So what does an expert historian have to say about the accounts of the Gospels? What does he say? Commenting on the Gospels, he says, quote, The contradictions are of minutia, not substance. In essentials, the synoptic Gospels agree remarkably well and form a consistent portrait of Christ. In the enthusiasm of its discoveries, the higher criticism has applied to the New Testament tests of authenticity so severe that by them a hundred ancient worthies, for example, Hammurabi, David, Socrates, would fade into legend. So what he says is the New Testament has been put through such rigor if any other classical document had been put through such rigor, it would have faded into legend. Nothing has withstood the attack like the Gospels. This is what he has to say about the Gospels. He goes on. Despite the prejudices and theological preconceptions of the evangelists, meaning the disciples, they record many incidences, many incidents that mere inventors would have concealed. The competition of the apostles for high places in the kingdom. Their flight after Jesus' arrest. Peter's denial. The failure of Christ to work miracles in Galilee. The references of some auditors to his possible insanity. His early uncertainty to his mission. His confessions of ignorance as to the future. His moments of bitterness. His despairing cry on the cross. No one reading these scenes can doubt the reality of the figure behind them. That's Will Durant. That's an expert historian. That's what he has to say. But he's not done. That a few simple men should in one generation have invented so powerful and appealing a personality. So loft an ethic and so inspiring a vision of human brotherhood would be a miracle far more incredible than any recorded in the Gospel. After two centuries of higher criticism, the outlines of the life, character, and teaching of Christ remain reasonably clear and constitute the most fascinating feature of the history of Western man. This is what a man writes, who looks at this purely as a historian not as a Christian, but as a historian. The outcome, what about us? Since the resurrection is indeed true, how should it change our lives? How does it change our lives? So
0: as you can clearly see, Daily Thinkers, no contradiction at all, man. So next time somebody asks you, somebody might say, Hey, the Bible's full of so many contradictions, Gusto. Tell them, man, just look. Read the text, compare the text, and let me know what you see. But until next time, my daily thinkers, just keep thinking, questioning, asking, but most of all, continue to trust in Christ Jesus. I'm out.